Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Seattle, Washington, carried live on 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, America's nightly voice for recovery. It's the only national radio show on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. And joining me in this segment is an old and very valued friend, Johnny Allum. He's one of the leaders and legends in the field of addiction and recovery. He has been a tireless advocate for recovery. Uh, he's the former director of the legendary Johnson Institute. He was founder of Faces and Voices of Recovery. And gosh, when I look back, I first met Johnny back in the early 90s when he was working with Senator Harold Hughes, who was founder of an organization called SOAR, the Society of Americans for Recovery. It was really the forerunner for Faces and Voices of Recovery. He's now a, an established author. He's got an intriguing new book called Say the Second Thing That Comes Into Your Mind, The Work and the Joy of Recovery. He's also a person in long-term recovery. Like I say, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. And the book is published by Infinity. It's available at Amazon and all the usual online retailers. It's really a toolbox of sorts to grow steadily and strongly in your recovery. Welcome, my friend, to Recovery Coast to Coast. How are you, Johnny? I'm fine. Thank you. We're back so many memories. Mel Schulstead is oh, the yes. we've shared with over Yes, here. yes, and yes. And it's nice to know that you're still going strong, Neil. Yeah, you're a great service to our community. One day at one radio show at a time. <laughs> there the, you last, go. the last time we talked, I think it was a couple of years ago at the NAATP conference, you were in, deeply involved in a treatment program called the Aquila Treatment Program. Tell us a little bit about that, because I know it's been growing by leaps and bounds. Well, it, it, uh, it was uh, something I didn't intend to do. I had uh, kind of retired from, uh, from other activities I've been involved in, uh, and uh, particularly with Johnson Institute, mm -hmm. and before that, D.C. Mental Health Commission. I, I really felt strongly that there was a big uh, tussle between uh, what the science had brought us in the 90s, so much new information about how the brain works and how that's relevant in, in our disease. And it wasn't reaching the practice area like I thought it should because we still had business situations that were not resolved. Mm. We, we went from uh, 1992 to 2002 with commercial insurance just taking a walk and saying this was, this was not a disease. Uh, this was a, this was a fantasy, right? And uh, so, uh, so the struggle uh, in in most places led people to pursue as best they could uh, with with the financial hardships they had to deal with. And we never really did uh, move to a new new level of care. And I thought one thing that was important was to put a new emphasis on outpatient. We need to be close to where clients are for their get them earlier in, in, in treatment, earlier in their phases. We've learned all about the phases and stages of illness and the stages and phases of wellness. 
and we get people when they're nearly dead, you know, that doesn't ask, that would not happen for cancer or diabetes or anything else. So I had this little vision, and I'm, uh, I was doing some consulting work with some other folks, and, uh, and I was sounding off Charlie Curry, who was the head of SAMHSA. Oh, sure. Uh, he said, Johnny, you and your soapbox, get off your soapbox <laughs> and go do it. <laughs> so Charlie Curry is indirectly the founder of Aquila Recovery in Washington, D.C. And the, the rest is history. The rest is history. It's been a joyous ride. I've been really welcomed by so many people and other organizations. Uh, we, 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 we practice uh, that, that, uh, that front door policy meaning that come in, get assessed, and, 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 then, and then we can talk uh, where, where, what level of care you need and we'll cooperate with wherever that takes us. And what we try to do is stop this argument at midnight with parents over the phone, how much money mm-hmm. to write a check for. Yeah. That's not the way you would, you would enter any other kinds of treatments, you know. It's called Aquila Recovery, and uh, Johnny, you're doing great work with that, and I know it's expanding because certainly the need is out there, and the need is growing stronger by the day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about when you came into recovery. As I mentioned, I first ran into you back in the 90s. Uh, what's your recovery birth date? It's on March 23rd, 1982. So I'm in my oh, you're a newcomer. Year. You're a newcomer. I'm a newcomer. That's right. <laughs> the person who got up the earliest this morning has the most recovery, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. That was uh, that was uh, an adventure for me, like it is with most people. It was uh, um, it was it was a struggle beginning. I had kind of gotten out of the political consulting business that I'd been in for 20 years and mm-hmm. was was doing it as a maintenance alcoholic. I just uh, ran out of everything. Uh, I found uh, found recovery to be uh, 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 when I finally broke down and tried it, <laughs> I kind of liked it. Try it, and, you might uh, like it. And it meant a complete change of everything in my life, but I, I seemed to be willing to that point to, to surrender and try some of those changes. Johnny Allen joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. The book is called Say the Second Thing That Comes Into Your Mind, The Work and Joy of Recovery. Tell me about how and when you met Senator Harold Hughes, who was, of course, an outspoken recovered alcoholic. And he really shaped the early days in the field of alcoholism and addiction treatment. He went on to found the organization SOAR. When did you first cross paths with Harold? <laughs> I crossed paths with him when he uh, a fledgling run, uh, run for president in 1972. Oh, my goodness. And worked in his campaign a little bit. And so I got to know him. Of course, I was still drinking, and there wasn't anything about about what we talk about today, but I was he's I was born in Keokuk, Iowa. All I left at a very early age and mm. admired his political history there. But I knew not too much about anything else. It was a very short experience, maybe three or four months before he was not really in contention. Mm. So later on, uh, when I got sober, uh, I kept a some some uh, relationship with with him and people around him. I, I was at that place in the eighties when uh, people. And, and where I would go, they say, keep your mouth shut, you know, stay in the closet. Yeah, and as yeah. a policy person for most of my life, I, I, that made no sense to me. I said, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to wear this shame. And I began to, to, to uh, do things locally and elsewhere to, uh, to stand up for, for this, this marvelous uh, process that saves people's lives. God knows I was, uh, I was uh, working, had worked in Bill Clinton's presidential campaign and I find myself appointed to this uh, the CSAT advisory board, the very first board. They called me up and said, Mr. Allen, you've been 
nominated for this. We understand that you're in recovery. Mm. Can you be our recovery member? <laughs> I oh, said, gosh. are you meaning singular? <laughs> well, oh, yes, uh, we, we haven't had. And uh, so uh, well, I was so grateful several years later when we had several people that were in recovery in that committee. At any rate, that put me in the, in, in, in the national scene a little bit. Our past, my past cross was Harold. Harold, in, in by 1990, looked back on his achievement, and he was a politician. He knew what it took to get policy. And he said, uh, our field has no constituency of, 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 of uh, conscious uh, of consequences. Mm. And without a constituency of consequence, you don't get anything happening in, in, in the world of policy. And he established a sore. And um, I was not in on the beginning of that. I, I had hoped to be. Uh, he told friends of mine, he said, I like Johnny, but I, I don't want any of those Washington consultants around me. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> can hear him saying that. By, yeah. <laughs> he asked me to join him. I was uh, executive uh, secretary first of, of SOAR, and then finally I was uh, president. Uh, and we both battled together as long as we could with no resources and in the face of the war on drugs, it was just taking off about that time, and we just couldn't uh, couldn't overcome the the uh, the, uh, the inability to raise money or to raise interest. Oh yeah, we it's did tough. we did uh, talk to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people joined in. People like Mike Netherton mm-hmm. uh, down down in Southern California, just all over the country. People that were were enthused by what we did. And they, they pretty well stayed in, in, in touch. And uh, like you said, it became, I think, a, a fire that spread in the, in the uh, later on in, in the history of Faces of Wizard Recovery. Johnny Allen joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast, the, the new book, which is wonderful. Say the second thing that comes into your mind, the work and the joy of recovery. It reminds me a bit of, uh, I don't know whether you know Mark Lundholm or not, who's a comedian, a recovering comedian, <laughs> but <laughs> he has a thing that he says, First thought wrong, uh, and, and it's the yeah. same thing. We sometimes we we rush to say something too quickly, and we need to stop and have a little bit of patience in in how we communicate. Uh, the the book is amazing because it's it's like a toolbox. At the end of each chapter, there's a tool and there's a set of reminders. As we all know, there are certainly minefields on the road to recovery. And as we hear, you're only as sick as your secrets, and our isolation becomes a secret. You deal with isolation in the book. Talk about the dangers of isolation, especially in early recovery. It goes back to all you've learned about the brain and how that fits with with, with all our knowledge of, of humanity. We we are we are coming to this world with our arms our hands outstretched because we are created to to belong to each other. All across the world, society was meant to 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 work together. You know, uh, we, that's why we have barn raising old pioneer days mm-hmm. because people work together. Uh, and and yet, uh, when we uh, go to substances like I did to sustain me and keep me me together, I become very very uh, narrow minded in in my relationships in my particular field. And I was a, I was a craftsman and a worker, and I learned how to carry an image. I learned how to be the guy when I was turned on to would would, would be sales oriented, happy, you know, and, and nice to be around. And as soon as the work was done, I was away from there, and I just went home and talked to my wife and my kids, and I was completely got to myself. I was I was alone and wanted to be that way. So that image I had was all image. It wasn't the real Johnny. Mm. And uh, so when I got sober. 
And I began to realize that I was supposed to feed the real Johnny and drop that image. And that real Johnny had to be a part of what God created, was a person in need of the history. And, and that's the practice that has saved my life over and over again, is just to, to understand that without connection, at all levels, uh, my life is pretty sad. Recovery is certainly not static. In fact, it, it I believe it must be as progressive as the disease was progressively destructive. Uh, and it's important that we are always trying to make ourselves better. Again, this book has the tools. Again, at the end of each chapter, there are tools and there are reminders. How should people in recovery use this book? Well, you know, my friend Paul Williams, who wrote the foreword to mm. this book, and he's the one that you know, I had put little endings. He said, put bullet posters, points at the end. So people are going to write this stuff down here. Very practical ideas. We need to execute them. And so it's written that way as something you can use every day. Now, you can read the book straight through, and there's lots of tools. And we talk about isolation. We talk about uh, getting connections, dealing with old uh, hurtful things from the past. Uh, but this for people in the first three years of recovery and exposure. They, they have been taught some tools, but when they get out in the world again, uh, some things happen. So you can read the book from front to back and, and see uh, all in fifth days strategies for dealing with, with uh, things that can happen uh, in any time in recovery, but especially in those first three years. Uh, and then you can leave it on your, your table and you can it sits there until the day the boss says, you know, we're not going to give you that promotion mm. <laughs> or some other thing happens to you. And you can flip through the book and you can say, I think I need better to get chapter 39. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, say 39. That way the people are doing it and they're finding it useful as a tool. Like you say, look in the tool chest and pull out what you need today. Yeah, because stuff happens. And I clean that up. Recovery also takes patience. You know, we, we want it now. We, we it, Patience really is a virtue. And as far as recovery is concerned, it's essential, I think. I think very much so. My, my, my message that I've learned on this path, and, and although you've, you've mentioned a lot of the things that I've known, known for organizationally, but, but a big part of my life is still in the grassroots of, mm. of seeing people get uh, get their first 30 days, their first 90 days, learning from that and, and getting the joy of that. And, 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 and so that's, these essays come from, from my own experience and from the people that I work with. And I, I think that's an important thing, and it brings up to date in today's vernacular some of these challenges and the ways to cope with them. Johnny Allen joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. Say the second thing that comes into your mind, the work and the joy of recovery as people grow in recovery. You know, I don't even use the term anymore and haven't for the last probably five or six years, relapse prevention. I use the term recovery enhancement. How is your recovery better today than it was yesterday? And it's important to grow in that recovery process and to have balance. And, and there's a great balance checklist in the book. Talk a little bit about that checklist and how that comes into play. It underscores the idea that, that things need to be written down, that, that we have an emotional life and we have a physical life. And we bring them together and we put a piece of paper in front of us and, and we write some things down. And it really sticks then, and that's that's what I learned from from doing the the twelve steps. Is the pencil and paper made anything, everything comes real. So I've suggested a tool that people can use on a more regular basis for finding that balance. Remembering that uh, another place in the book I say you know, today is game day, mm. and it, it's that put you put points on the board today. You can't put points on the board yesterday, 
and you can't put points on tomorrow, but you can put them on today. And, and if you measure and have goals, then you're making a serious business out of your out of your life changing and transforming. Talk about gratitude, if you would, for a moment. Uh, gratitude is, is much more than a tool, but if you begin using it as a tool and find out how valuable it is, it becomes a very huge part of your life. Because what it does, it recenters you. It lets you, this, this, this connection that I keep talking about is normal. And it's normal for you to be part of a large, uh, a large uh, constituency. And, and in that, you know, you're grateful for others in your life, and they become grateful for you. You have a, a, new, a new joy and new purpose. And, and I started to say one of the things that Paul keeps coming back to is the journey. Yeah. It's the journey that is so valuable to us and gives us so such a, a rich life and, and not trying to find the destination fast. We'll, we'll get to the destination in our time and God's time. Absolutely. But right now, we have our journey is today, and it can be as joyful as we want it to be as long as we're grateful for being above ground and all the things that are there for us. You have made yet another significant contribution in this field, Johnny, with this book. It's called Say the Second Thing That Comes Into Your Mind, The Work and the Joy of Recovery. It's uh, published by Infinity Publishing. You can find it at Amazon and all the usual places. I love this book. And if, if you know somebody, maybe you're sponsoring someone. Maybe you're looking for a, a birthday gift for someone who is in recovery. This is perfect. Again, say the second thing that comes into your mind. The work and the joy of recovery. It's a toolbox for enhancing your recovery. Johnny Allen, thank you so much for joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. I look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you so much. I hope I see you in person real soon. I hope so, too. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. We're going to take a time out. We will be back with more right after this.